What is going on, everybody? My name is Evan Harrington. I am here on my right with Joel Frazy for the first ever episode of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast. And before we get into things, we just want to introduce ourselves um, and kind of give you guys, you know, a good introduction to who myself and over to my right, Joel Frazy is. So, but first of all, Joel, how are you doing? I'm good, Evan. This has been a long time coming and we finally got it going. Uh, and uh, I, I'm excited to see uh, see how far we can take this thing, huh? Yeah, so I just want to first say a quick thank you to Joe Kelly over at the Buffalonian for allowing us to be on his network and be able to talk some hockey. But just getting into the name Wings with Blue Cheese, kind of, uh, kind of the direction that myself and Joel went with that was um, – it kind of represents both of us. Uh, Joel himself is from Detroit, Michigan, uh, being a Red Wings fan. That is the Wings and Blue Cheese, myself being from Buffalo, Sabres fan, Wings with Blue Cheese. That is kind of the direction going from there. But um, Absolutely. But all sports, st- though. We don't, we, don't have all to, sport. we don't have to stick with just hockey, just football. Like, we can, yeah. we can talk everything. Yes. I don't know um, a lot about basketball, though. I'll be honest. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get in there <laughs> from that. Um, so – Joel, staying on the introduction point, just, yeah. you know, talking to the viewers, uh, introduce yourself a little bit, your background, life, upbringing, all that. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Joel Frazee, Frazi, you can call me whatever you want. Um, but uh, I, uh, so I started playing hockey when I was four, um, got into it uh, from watching my cousin play, really thought it was a cool thing. Um, my parents saw how happy it made me, signed me up for skating lessons the next day. That ring tried to put me in figure skates. So after that, <laughs> we moved rinks to a, another place, and uh, then they put me in hockey skates. I fell in love with it. Um, skating kind of came – I don't, I don't want to say skating came naturally to me, but I liked going fast, so, like, I wanted to learn how to skate faster. <laughs> so, like, that was kind of my motivation, or so I'm told, when I was that age. Um, and so um, I, I followed the ranks. I played high level pretty much my entire life um, until high school. Um, I ended up dropping down to, to play high school hockey in Michigan, which is good hockey, but, but it's not, you know, it's not the best, um, around here, especially. So did that. Um, and then I ended up playing a triple a for my 18 U uh, year. And that's uh, luckily enough, got me a contract to go play in Canada. I was able to play junior A in Canada for two years. And then after that, I was lucky enough to get drafted by, the uh, Shreveport Bunbugs in the North American Hockey League, otherwise known as the NAL. And um, luckily from there, I was able to get a couple college offers. I took one, and uh, after a couple of years, COVID happened, and some stuff happened as well. And so I moved, uh, moved, moved schools and met this guy over here, Evan, at uh, Buffalo State University, uh, formerly known as Buffalo State College. Uh, so... Uh, we are th- that's kind of my background and, and now I'm now I'm looking to play professional um, I have signed with a team but uh, it's it's in the southern professional hockey league um, the quad city storm and then uh, so now I'm kind of looking to uh, kind of broaden my horizons a little bit now that I don't have you know five hours of homework every night um, and so here I am in the media now uh, but uh, yeah but so Evan and I have been uh, we've been talking about this uh, for a long time coming now and uh, it's really it's really exciting to um, to finally be on this side of the, the camera and getting and uh, getting getting some actual perspective and it's kind of nice we get to talk about both the Red Wings and the Sabers and the Bills and the Lions like 
and because I'm a fan of all all teams, Buffalo and uh, um, Detroit, and uh, and it's kind of it's kind of cool too because we're gonna get into this, Evan. But like, I think that the uh, I think that the Wings and the Sabers are going to be like they're on the same kind of rebuild schedule, and so like they're gonna yeah. be good at the same time. I think so. Like it's it like starting this podcast now and kind of getting building it up to that. I think it's gonna be really interesting. So. I don't know. Um, but yeah, either way, Evan, take it away. <laughs> yeah. And so like, obviously yourself, uh, going to the professional ranks, that only just brings another viewpoint, uh, to this mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, We're definitely. talking about the game of hockey just because, you know, people can enjoy my viewpoint and other viewpoints from other podcasts, but yeah. it's nice when you have a guy who's, you know, played the game and it continues to play the yeah. game at a high level. Yeah. Um, just to get into some things about myself though. Um, yeah, uh, going to Buff State, um, going to be a junior next next semester, uh, journalism student, uh, going into sports broadcasting. Um, mm-hmm. I do the, the radio over at Buffalo State with Joe Cali, um, who runs the Buffalonian, uh, 91.3 FM WBNY, uh, director of media for uh, Buffalo State Men's Hockey. That's how I ran into Mr. Frazee here. Mm-hmm. And then um, – other than that, I do some other small-sided stuff with Buffalo Fanatics um, and that. But there's nothing crazy to me. I'm just in sports broadcast, and Joel's got a little more of a deeper you know, path in sports with hockey. I played hockey, but not up to the level he has played. So he he's more uh, you know, of the professional level viewpoint. I'm just the guy that's going to break it down. Left different way. No, trust but, um, me, Abby, you're gonna you're you're gonna have plenty to say. Don't worry. I just I'm just like I always take the player side. Like yeah, you know what I mean. We're gonna talk about Jack Eichel eventually. Like we will. I like, we will. Oh yeah, I like the player side. You know what I mean. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, that was just a little introduction of ourselves. There. Not gonna ramble on too much because we're gonna get into the bread and butter of what the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast actually is, and that is a lot of NHL talk sprinkled in with other sports, but this episode we're going to, you know, strictly stick with the NHL because there's been a lot in the game of hockey in the world of hockey um, over the past couple weeks. We are going to get into the recap of the Stanley cup. We're going to talk about Jack Eichel. We're going to talk about the NHL draft and free agency um, as the first couple days of that has gone through. But since the Stanley Cup Finals wrapped up a big go, and we didn't get to talk about that. Let's start with the recap of the Stanley Cup Finals. The Las Vegas Golden Knights won their first ever uh, Stanley Cup in franchise history in six games against the Florida Panthers. Um, I mean, just, just you know, or no, it was five games. Five games. Yeah. In five games against the Florida Panthers. Um, Joel, just, you know, starting things off really quick. What were your thoughts about just the overall – um, Stanley Cup playoffs and Vegas hoisting the cup. I mean, this this year's playoffs, in my opinion, proves that that NHL by far has the best playoff, um, plus playoff atmosphere, um, best games I think out of any of the major professional sports. Um, you have uh, it, it's just it just seems to be in in all the other um, you know you get the not not the MLB so much because I, I, I I like baseball too but. Um, I think the NFL, NBA. Um, I, I think that it's it's hard to it, it's hard to take the underdog a lot of times. Um, I think that the underdog usually just doesn't have as much of a shot 
because of I don't I because of a multitude of reasons. We can get into that later. But I love the fact that the NHL we had so many upsets this year. Um, we had a team that won the won the President's Trophy, Boston. They you know they they got dominated by the end of that by the end of the first round um, with all the with all the star power that they had and everything by a team that um, almost didn't make it because Chicago uh, <laughs> Chicago beat Pittsburgh. Right, like um, we can tell that story later too. But I, I just I, I think that this playoffs was, uh, got, it's gotta be one of the best. I didn't even follow it as much as I wanted to. Um, I didn't get to watch as many games as I wanted to, but I was really, I was really intrigued every, you never knew what was going to happen any, every game, uh, Colorado getting knocked out in the first round too. I mean, you can base, you can blame that on injuries, but you definitely can't, um, you know, you, you, you definitely have to give Seattle credit, right? Like it was just, there were so many upsets and there were so many teams that did well. And then, on top of that, you have like um, you have Vegas, who just came into the league what like five or six years ago. Um, yep. Take it, take it all the way. Um, I like Vegas personally. I think uh, I've been a fan of them since they came into the league. Um, I love their idea of getting misfits. I love that. Um, but now they're now they're just high rollers. You know, no pun intended. That you know, go out and spend all this money on like the star players, and then they get the they get the right role players. Right? They're kind of taking a taking a page out of Tampa Bay's book from a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, I I, th- I thought it was good. Evan, what do you think? Yeah, you know, with the Stanley Cup Finals, you never know what you're going to get. It, it is a seven-game series, best of seven. You just yep. never know what is going to happen. And, and, and when you mention it, the Florida Panthers, they were the AC. They were the last team to make the playoffs. They only beat yep. the Sabres out by a point. Yeah. Like, they were – not supposed to make it. And when they did make it, everyone was ready to write them off because their first round opponent was the president's trophy winning uh, Boston mm-hmm. Bruins, the greatest regular season team in NHL history. And Florida Panthers uh, came back and won in game seven. Yeah. And and, and, and they just threw the Bruins right out of the playoffs. Yeah. And everyone was shocked. They but at the same too. I know. And at the same time, People were were already calling Florida's win against Boston a fluke because um, they were going up against Toronto, and yeah. Toronto finally got past yeah. that first round hump. Yeah. And people were people were ready to start going, okay, this is Toronto's run. Toronto's going to beat Florida. Nope, Florida again stuck it to Toronto, and then yeah. Florida going up against a very good Carolina Hurricanes team. They stuck it to Carolina, got them out, yeah, and then you got this 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 this. Eighth seed that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs in the finals, and then going over to the Western Conference side of things, Vegas. Now, Vegas was the one seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Vegas was supposed to be good, but Vegas wasn't favored. Vegas wasn't favored to win the cup. They weren't. Um, Vegas didn't have a a tough opponent in Winnipeg. Not not a too tough of opponent, but they got by them. They lost the first game, but won, won the next four. But then this is where their opponents for Vegas started, you know, getting. Yeah getting tougher going up against Dallas, right? Yeah. Going up against Edmonton. Those are two very tough opponents. You're going up against a very, um, you know, tough, grindy veteran led Dallas team with a hundred point scorer and Jason Robertson. Yeah. And then yeah. you're going up against Edmonton with three, 100 point scores and the best player in the national hockey league, Connor McDavid, but Jack Eichel and yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights, shut the door on both of those teams and found themselves, you know, 
Well, out of all the teams you just mentioned, out of all the teams you just mentioned, though, Vegas has the the by far the best like defensive yeah. depth and yeah. um and forward depth too. I would argue. I, I it's it, they were they were just a well built machine from top to bottom. It really reminds me. It really reminds me of Colorado, uh, back back a year ago, and um, the first uh, the first uh, Tampa Bay when their first cup uh, yeah. recently. I'm talking about the um, COVID year. It, yeah, the COVID year. I mean, it's it's just like you literally can go every single player, and like even an average fan, somebody that doesn't do necessarily like what we're doing now, like actually talking about it, but like uh, just an average fan that's watching the game, whether they played hockey or not. They can tell you what that guy, his what his job is, what he's doing out there. He's either you know mucking it up, you know, getting getting in, you know, getting in the physical side of things, or they're you know putting up points, or they're doing a mixture of both, or or they're blocking shots. I mean, you look at Radko Gudis. I mean, that guy is you know that you don't you don't even realize he's on the ice during the regular season, but he was arguably one of their biggest pieces, right? Um, Matt Kachuk. I mean that guy. That guy has he's solidified himself as one of the most valuable players in the NHL. I mean, he's like if you're building a team right now, if you if you're a GM and you're building a team around somebody, and you have to, anybody to pick from from the league. You can't tell me that Kachuk is not in the top five of them because of his versatility. He's bringing everything to the table. He's win like that is how you win championships is playing that style of game. Yeah, and like. I, I I think this podcast, given the name, I think we're going to bash on Toronto a lot because I'm all for that. Yeah, why not? But right? like, I mean, if you're paying if you're paying guys, you know, over ten million, you know, you're paying or not Nylander, but if you're paying three guys over ten million, I mean, and none of them can even do half of what Kachuk is doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, how and, do you and expect when you, to win? Yeah, when you talk about $10 million players, like, you know, sticking on the Vegas yeah. path, like, Michael was the first yeah. $10 million player to win a Stanley Cup. Winnicott, and yeah. Yeah. you go you go to that to that point of, if you're paying a guy $10 million, you got to have him do X, Y, and Z for you. Yeah. He has Michael to went do in. everything. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what Jack Eichel did. Jack yeah. Eichel went in and was asked to defend against the top line every single night he was asked to be the top scorer for vegas he was asked to be a number one defensive center for vegas and and he did all those things at the highest highest level in playoff and not in the playoffs oh yeah against against teams that were like that just like that were just so favored you know like uh and obviously it's the end the nhl like the guys on the ice don't think that right like the guys on Boston weren't going, oh, like Florida Panthers, like there, this is going to be a breeze. Like they weren't thinking that, obviously, going into it. But they definitely like lightened up a little bit. And they weren't like the game five was embarrassing for them. I think, was it game five or game six? It was one that one of those, it was just absolutely embarrassing for Boston. They didn't, they didn't even look like the, they, they didn't even look like the same team, you know, like they just yeah. had nothing going. But you got to give credit to Florida for, you know, Sticking dismantling them defense defensively, and they played, they played their they played to their identity better better than Boston did, and it's kind of funny how like even a team that's not maybe not as talented, you know, maybe not as you know, maybe not as skilled, how if they play their identity, if they play their game better, they can beat you can beat nearly anybody, and I think the Florida Panthers are proof of that. 
Yeah, and, and obviously you got to congratulate the Florida Panthers just because, again, they were a team yeah. the season before that won the President's Trophy, and they got knocked out yeah. in the first round of the playoffs. And it was yeah. like, where, where does oh, Florida yeah, go did. from here? Where does Florida go from here? Incredible. Well, they fire their head coach. They hire a new one. Yep. Yeah, make the huge trade for Matthew Kuchuk, and, and look what happened. Now, yep. was it pretty getting there? No. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what seed you are. It doesn't matter how you get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It just matters when that puck is dropped game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yep. You're the team that's going to put the puck in the back of the net for the game-winning goal in game yeah. five, six, or seven, right? Yeah, and so, you know what? Another thing, too, is their, their overtime, the overtime heroics. Yeah. Because you asked, you asked like, what the, about the playoffs, too. I mean, I think that we've had so many overtimes in this in this playoffs, and that was – I think that made it twice as entertaining as it normally is, right? And any time that the Panthers were in overtime, they just shifted into, like – they just shifted into this defensive style of game where they were giving up absolutely no shots and they were just waiting for their opportunity for Hagee. Unbe- like unbelievable. How many overtime winners did he score? Um, for Hagee Chuck, probably had, had like, like three two. or four. They had I nine. Know, it's like nine overtime wins. I'm pretty sure they were nine and zero in overtime. That is, I mean, that's, that's insane. Like, but I mean, think about it. If you go into overtime, having that, like, Having that like re- not only record, but having that kind of mentality and mindset, you're like even if you're the other team, you're like, oh, like what? Do, what do we even do? Because you know they're they're you know they weren't cracking, they weren't uh, compromising and, on anything. So yeah. and, and and you know thing with that, just you know one more point about Florida's uh, overtime uh, heroics is that like. It's it's a different style of overtime in mm-hmm. in the postseason than oh, the regular yeah. season. Oh, yeah. In the regular season, we know it's a three on three, five minute overtime, but in the postseason, it's twenty minutes, five on five. It goes period by period, mm-hmm. and Florida would do anything and everything to frustrate the other team, wear mm-hmm. down the other team, and just mm-hmm. make them, you know, frustrated within their own game that those little mistakes were happening and like you mentioned florida would pay this play the yeah. certain uh style of game and, and wait to attack right yeah. um yeah. and that's what florida did very well and and that goes you know a credit to their coaching staff and their players and and that's where yeah. they got um yeah but just continuing with with um you know vegas here mm-hmm. um and still talking about this you know the stanley cup finals um a big reason why they got there and they won it was because of one man Aiden Hill. and that one man is Aiden Hill and Aiden Hill. Isn't your traditional uh, starting goaltender in the NHL. Aiden Hill is a, a guy who had more AHL games played than total NHL games played coming into the playoffs. Um, he had 139 AHL games played that. I mean, that is a solid amount for a guy who was drafted um, in 2015 in the third round. And finding himself in this spot only with 101 NHL games under his belt is just uh, insane to me uh, because we all know yep. Aiden Hill got put in um, for uh, Laurent Brasso as he got injured in game three um, against the Edmonton Oilers. And, and just the rest was history. Aiden Hill went 11 and four and obviously helped Vegas win their first ever Stanley Cup and it earned him a two-year contract extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. The 27-year-old got a very nice payday, um, you know, not only on the ice, but off the ice. Yeah. Well-deserved. Yeah. I mean, mean, yeah. It's kind of funny, though, both teams. um, I mean, both teams have made it far, or actually all the teams have made it far, obviously. But, um, you know, you got Florida and Vegas 
both had outstanding goaltending. And, you know, you look back to years prior to, I mean, what do all those teams have in common? You know, goal, good, not only good goalies, but just goalies that got hot. You know, they yeah. got hot at the right time. And Aiden Hill's no exception to that. So, um, yeah, and I think I think it's just this. Also, it's remarkable to me how Vegas kind of like treats their goaltenders, right? Because they still also yeah. have um, Robin Leonard under contract for two more years. They, mm-hmm. you know, got Logan yep. Thompson, um, who was playing very well as you know as a rookie. He, he mm-hmm. showed you know very good potential and had flashes to potentially be yep. Vegas's franchise goaltender. But then they kind of stumble upon this twenty-seven-year-old third-round pick that was an AHL goaltender and he just finds his way uh, being the guy that's hoist, hoisting the cup. And as a Sabres fan, you see goaltenders like this and, and the Sabres have tried bringing in goaltenders with the history and the background of Aiden Hill. And one that comes to mind is Eric Comrie, right? And it's just like, man, why, why can't the Sabres get a goalie that's hot like this? And I'm sure yeah. you kind of feel the same way once in a while as a Red Wings Absolutely. fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, credit Aiden Hill and and, and just well deserved. Uh, yeah. You don't see too many stories like this every day. Uh, maybe you see a guy who finds his way on the fourth line, uh, but you don't see a guy who finds his way playing, you know, fifteen plus games and hoisting the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. as the starting goaltender no. of a team like that. No, it just doesn't happen. But I mean, it's just another another proving point as to why you know that I I think that like these these kind of stories just prove that the NHL is is just unmatched when it comes to that. Cause you just don't, I just don't think you see that in any other sport. Yeah. I, I really don't. I mean, also you got to remember, like, I think the gap between triple a baseball and the MLB is much, much greater. The gap between it is much greater than AHL to the NHL. Yeah. Um, and obviously NFL, you don't have any kind of farm league to call up from. Um, and NBA, the G league is getting there, but it's not close yet. Um, so I, I think that because of that, that kind of adds a, it, it adds a different element, right? Like you do have, you have a nice farm system that you can pick from and obviously injuries are, are you know, prevalent. And I mean, it's, I, I don't even know how many goalies Vegas has in their system, but if I feel, uh, I feel like they went through at least five or six, I mean, they traded for yeah, Jonathan Quick too. Um, yeah. I mean, and now he's on the Rangers, I believe he just got traded yesterday. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's just it's it's uh, it's un- incredible how it works and being a gm in the nhl has to be one of the toughest jobs <laughs> you're gonna you have to uh, you know yeah and yeah i guess this would be you know a good conversation to go into the next one like being being yeah. a gm in the nhl it is just uh ridiculous to what you have to do because not only do you have to oversee your own franchise you have to oversee everyone affiliated to your franchise and you yeah. know that goes for the you know the ahl and echl you have to be in conversations uh mm-hmm. with that as well and, um, uh, you know, going, going towards, uh, not the last Vegas player I want to talk about former Buffalo Sabre, Jack Eichel. And, and I know, um, myself personally, it, this is a, uh, bitter topic to talk about, uh, just because, yeah. um, it's, 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 it's what could have been for Buffalo. It, it's what could have been in the future of Buffalo with, with Jack Eichel being the former number two overall pick in the 2015 draft. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, also myself, um, Eichel was my my teenage player, right? Growing up, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, he was the player I watched for all those years, gave me the most exciting times in Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. And Eichel goes on to not only put up a Conn Smythe performance, 
but win the Stanley Cup. Did he? He didn't win the mm-hmm. Consmith Coast Marshes, so probably deserved. But Eichel led the team in points, um, mm-hmm. and wins his first ever Stanley Cup uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. And we we all know the story of Jack Eichel, um, obviously getting drafted number two by Buffalo. Uh, and then he was supposed to be the, the franchise, you know, turning player for the mm-hmm. Sabres. And there were points in times where that was going. The talent was always there, right? The talent mm-hmm. with Jack Eichel was always there. But the, the organization never met with Jack, and Jack never met with the organization. Um and it just never worked. Eichel was given the C at a very young age, yeah. and Eichel never became the leader that Buffalo wanted him to be. And it just what it was. It, it's it was a marriage that wasn't going to work out, and it was just right that the two divorced. And obviously, the ending part of that was with the neck surgery that Eichel wanted to get um, with mm-hmm. himself yeah. um, in the off season, and, and that led Eichel requesting for the second time out of Buffalo, um, and then obviously going to Vegas and. First season recovery, second season lifting the Stanley Cup. Um, just w- w- what were your 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 overall thoughts with you know Jack Eichel um, from where he, he was to where he's at now? Yeah, I so it, you always, I mean, God, I'm not going to act like I know what I'm talking about here, but I mean, if you're a number two overall pick, you're obviously going to have a lot of pressure on you, and so that was McDavid's draft too. So yep. any other year. Eichel's going first overall, like without a doubt, right? Um, and, and he got and he fell to the Sabers, which obviously is a great, great, you know, great deal for you know Sabers fans. Like that's you know that had to have been you know one of the best case scenarios for you. You basically get a number one overall pick at number two, um, and um, unfortunately, it kind of came at a time where the Sabres didn't really, they, it's, I, I don't think, I think there's two things. I think Sabres didn't know how to deal with him. And I think he was, he was clearly a little bit immature, right? Oh, for and sure. those two things, and those two things together are not going to, they're never going to work. Um, however, I don't think, and now this is me taking the player side, of course. Yeah. I don't think that they put, I don't think that he had very many good coaches in his first few years there. And also notice how I said few coaches, they had multiple, right? His first, his first few years in the league. I go in through three coaches in his first five seasons in the league. See like how, as a player, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Jack Eichel or a fourth liner on that team. How, like what, what the hell, (laughs) you know, like, like how are you supposed to, there's no team identity. There's no consistency. There's nothing like that. Um, and then on top of that, like whenever you get a new head coach, it doesn't matter what level you're at. Like there's always a phone call. There's always a, you know, a conversation going on. Um, and so I, 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 I you like you said, you, you said it well, um, marriage that wasn't going to work out. Um, the writing was on the wall kind of far ahead. Um, uh, the, uh, I, I don't, I don't like how either side played out the whole thing, to be honest no. with you. However, however, though the end, the ending there, I think that was an embarrassment. I think Buffalo embarrassed themselves by doing that. I, I, I really have never heard of a team standing firm saying, no, like we don't want you to get this surgery to fix your, like I have never heard of, of that before. Um, and, 
in this day and age where like health is more kind of important than anything, they yeah. like them telling, you know, them telling a player that he can't get a surgery because it's in a contract. I think it's partly inhumane and I just don't, yeah. I, I will never, I will never agree. I will never see Buffalo's side of that. I, I don't care yeah. what you say, you know what I mean? So, and then I, so that's why, and then, and then on top of that, you have the media, you have a lot of people saying, Oh, like, you know, Jack, I go to, you know, he wants to get this surgery. He doesn't, he, he doesn't want to be here. Like they're, they were, they were spinning the story, trying to blame it on like Eichel, not like not wanting to be in Buffalo or whatever. Like, no, he just didn't want, <laughs> he just wanted to get his surgery that his doctor like recommended. Um, and so I just, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll never see it. I love, I'm so glad that Eichel stuck it to him to be honest with you, yeah. but I like the saber. So like, it has nothing to do with that. It's just, I, I love a nice revenge story like that. Evan, you have to mention that uh, you and I went to Eichel's first game yeah. back uh, in Buffalo. That was a sold out game. Um, and uh, every time he got the putt or every time he got the puck or every time he touched it, he got booed. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then what he said in the media after everyone was like, ah, oh, now, you know, you know, not, they, they're, you know, calling them names and all that. I'm like, well, you know, I don't really think that, I think you could have put anybody in that spot and they'd be saying the same thing. Like, so I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and just going back to, you know, to the draft, like how you mentioned in any other draft, Eichel is the first pick. Absolutely. And that is true in, 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 in many drafts. And I think one thing that never sat well with, with Sabres fans and just the fan base in general was the fact that we had the best odds to get McDavid. Like the Sabres <laughs> had the best odds to get McDavid. They, so it, in, in a situation, because that was our tank here, we essentially tanked for McDavid. Yeah. And and yeah. now when you think about it, when you tank for McDavid and you don't get McDavid because the lottery didn't yeah. go your way and you fall with Eichel. Yes, it is yeah. a, a nice consolation prize at the end of the day, but yeah, that's like, it's an added being level a, of frustration. Yeah, that's like being in a race and you just like twist your ankle right before the finish line. And yeah. the guy in second just, you know, finishes first. But, at the, oh, you finished second because you crawled your way to the finish. Like, yeah. people people don't want to be, like, told what we could have had. So people always value McDavid at a different level than Jack Eichel. And people yeah, are always like, we could have yeah. had J McDavid over Jack Eichel. And yeah. everyone saw what McDavid did with his team. And obviously he hasn't won a cup yet, but they've had playoff success. And McDavid yeah. has obviously been McDavid. And Jack Eichel's been Jack Eichel. But it wasn't as smooth sailing in Buffalo. And, and just going with that, obviously Eichel – um, in the 20, after the 2019, 2020 season, um, kind of, you know, requested a trade kind of more of his, uh, um, I don't want to say a threat to the organization, but more of a shot to the organization saying like, Hey, if we don't figure things out, like I'm going to want out of here soon. Like I want mm -hmm. a certain direction. I don't want to keep, you know, changing coaches, cha changing GMs, all this sort of things. Um, and you know, the Sabres, brought in Taylor Hall, Kevin Adams brought in Taylor Hall. We brought in Eric Stahl. Mm -hmm. um, we, we tried bringing in certain players. We had Brandon Montour. Mm -hmm. um, we had Linus Hallmark. Uh, we had Jeff Skinner. Uh, we had a um, solid Sam Reinhardt. We mm -hmm. had a solid, uh, you know, with Dylan Cousins, Tage Thompson, like all these players are on the same team at once. No. Um, they, I mean, they were young. They were yeah. young, but they, they were on the team at once. Um, but then during the, the COVID season, 
Eichel obviously goes down with the neck injury, and that's where everything just spirals down downwards with the Sabres because we don't know where, where the Sabres could have been with no. you know a Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall-led team, Dylan Cousins and Gage Thompson's development in the Sabres organization um, with Eichel still there. We don't know where that could have went. Um, that was kind of the, the team that was never able to unfold. It, it was a, a package at your front door that got stolen. And you never knew what was in that package. We never knew what was going to unfold. Uh, and then, obviously, Eichel, request, his final straw was requesting the trade uh, with the injury because, obviously, the Buffalo Sabres wouldn't let him. They were the, never going to. Well, it was never going to come to it. So, I think, yeah. I actually, so did, uh, did you watch, I'm sure you watched the interview with uh, Elliot Friedman, right? Yes. After, uh, I mean, it sounded like, to me, and obviously this is you know just me taking his word for it, it sounded like he was, like, waiting it out. Like, he was trying yeah. to play for the Sabres. Like, he wasn't trying to leave from the jump. He wasn't using this as an excuse to leave. But it was just that, like, the Sabres weren't budging. Like, they were like, no, like, you are not getting the surgery. Like, we will not allow it. Um, yeah. It so, like, because of that, like, you know, his hands are tied. He's like, what do you want? You, you want him not to play? Like, you know, so yeah, and I, I think that that worked out. So, and then, yeah, and then the Sabres are in a spot where it's like, okay, we have one of the best players in the NHL. We can definitely get a good return for him. Yeah. So. And, and, and at the end of the day, like just, you know, kind of phasing this part, this yeah. topic conversation off the end. Of the we day. can talk about this forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's just such a fascinating topic. And, and I, I can talk about it for hours and hours. Also, Buffalo um, too, of course it happens to Buffalo. Of all people. Yeah. Right. It's just, everything happens to Buffalo. Um, Jack Eichel goes to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Buffalo gets a, a great return. Couldn't have asked for a better return. You get Alex Tuck, who could be a future captain of this organization. You get Peyton Krebs, who has all the potential to be one of the best bottom six centers in the NHL. Um, and then obviously you get the you know the, the third round pick and the first round pick that turned into Jordan Greenway and some you know prospects for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, and then Jack Eichel goes over to Vegas and they win and lift the Stanley Cup. Um, that's why Vegas traded for Jack Eichel. They traded for Eichel yep. to get that premium number one center because don't get me wrong, Mark Stone was a a great leader to lead that organization. But there's nothing better than having a top franchise center leading your team. Center is the most valuable position in hockey. By far, people value it. By far, people value center like none other. It's like the, they value it like the quarterback position in the NFL. If you can get your hands on an elite center in the NHL, you're going to do it at any cost. And the Sabers did that. Yeah. And the Sabers or the Sabers, the Vegas did that, mm-hmm. and they went over to the Sabers and got Jack Eichel. And yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny how it looks because everybody was saying, "Wow, like Vegas really overpaid." Like. Cause I, cause uh, so I love talk. I love, yeah, I loved him when he was, when he so when they made the, uh, the finals their first year in the league, right? Like Tuck was one of my favorite players on Vegas. I loved watching him skate. You know what he is, is like, in my opinion, I th- think he's like, he's, he's kind of like a, a, a slightly, um, a slight version of Eichel really. Um, the way he, skates, yeah, the way he carries the, the way puck. He, yeah. The way he, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's he's like a oh, he's like a stallion out there. I mean, he's he's incredible. Um, and those those, but I think he's a winger though, right? Tuck's not a center. He is a winger. He, he is a winger. winger. Yeah. So, I mean, so then you you lose a little value there, and then on top of that, like Tuck's just not as elite, right? Um, yeah. as him, but he's obviously a very good player, and he's a hometown yeah. kid too, right? So, 
I mean, there's yeah, a lot Syracuse. of there's a, there's a lot of guys that are going to you know there's a lot of guys that'll take that deal, um, and uh, but it's it's funny how everybody thought that Vegas just got you know they just overpaid, and then like looking back at it now, it's like like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It seems pretty even now because obviously Buffalo's at a much different spot in their rebuild. So the the, the debate's never going to be yeah the debate's never going to be over right until we see you know how everybody's careers play out, including Krebs. I think Krebs if if Krebs like you said turns into one of the best bottom six, you know. Uh, so he's a D or not a D? Sorry, is he a, he's uh, a center. forward or a center? He's a center. He's a center. He's a center. Okay, so if he so if he actually turns into like a you know actually one of the best third line centers in the NHL. You know, almost like a Sorelli, right? Um, for Tampa. Yeah. Um, if he if he turns into that style of player, then I mean you're you're looking at a I mean, you're looking at a really deep roster already. Um yeah. Because I mean he could be top six potential. You know, he could be a second line center too. Yeah, and, um, and the Sabres don't even need him to be a second line center because you already yeah. have Thompson and Cousins. Yeah, and no kidding, your right? third line center right now is Casey Middlestad. Yeah. So Krebs is your fourth line center, and you have Tyson yeah. Joseph, your fifth line your fifth line center but get the, the fifth center on your depth yeah. chart um, um but yeah, yeah. Um, i mean you know, just you're moving forward now i mean the, the conversation of, of jack like it's always gonna loom um in our heads you know obviously yeah. you're not from buffalo but you've been in buffalo long enough to kind of experience that and take it in for yourself but jack will always be back once a year and yeah vegas will always be playing buffalo in their home yeah. stadium as well once a year so Maybe maybe a potential cup yeah. matchup one day. I don't know. Um, but there's always gonna be those conversations <laughs> going there. Um, yeah. speaking of yeah. speaking of once a year, uh, the NHL draft is once a year, yeah. and it just concluded uh, just a little mm-hmm. bit ago. And we'll you know we'll talk about it. Um, obviously we'll talk about the the first you know few picks, the the main picks in the draft, yeah. and then we'll get into a little bit of the Buffalo Sabres draft and your also Detroit Red Wings draft. But um, let's just start with the heavy hitter here, um, going first overall to the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks. Everyone knew it the day that the Blackhawks won the lottery. Um, Connor Bedard, uh, yeah. going first overall, number one center, highest profit, pro, um, you know, um, prospect since McDavid. Uh, just what are your thoughts about him going to Chicago? Oh, I mean, well... Yeah, it's it's hard not to it's hard not to look at it and say it's rigged, right? Like, I mean, with all the with all the the four teams that you know that had the real chances of getting it, like of course the original six team, the one with the biggest fan base, you know, gets it. Um, it's hard not to it's hard not to say that, right? But um, but no, Chicago, they they obviously the the league is better, and you'll hear me you'll hear me say this about the Wings too. I think the league is better when you have original six teams doing well. Um, yeah. I, I, and Chicago is obviously no exception to that. I think Chicago has a huge fan reach. They have a global reach as well. Um, you have, you know, you have the departure of, of Kane. Uh, I, I don't think is Taze, is Taze gone yet? I'm pretty sure you know, Taze is on his way out. And yeah, I don't well, I know he's on his way out, but I don't think he's gone I think yet. He's, I think he's still there, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, you're, you, have a, you have a shift of, you know, generational talent here. And I, I, really, I really love this for Chicago. Um, the only thing is, is uh, you're seeing now that I don't, I don't want to say they're panicking, but now their 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 hand is kind of forced in order to make moves. You know, you have a generational talent that you're putting probably first line, second line, center. Probably I would assume first line 
on that yeah, team. Yeah, it's got to be first. And then you're, and then, and then, but the thing is though is like you look at that roster, you insert him into the roster, like when he got drafted, he's got nobody. You know what I mean? Like respectfully, of course, like he's got nobody. Yeah. And so, I mean, they went out and got Taylor Hall, but other oh yeah, no, no, they they've done a good job, I think. Um, but like, it's it's kind of it, I feel bad almost in the sense that their hand is kind of forced, and when your hand is forced, like I've heard Eiserman talk about this before, GM of the Red Wings, like he says, like it's tough when your when your hand is forced like that because the other GMs are smart, so like. They know you're going to pay a little extra. You know they're going to throw in an extra, an extra third round pick or extra second round pick because you have Bedard on your team now. You like, yeah, I'll give you a Taylor Hall. Yeah, I'll give you Felino. Yeah, I'll give you, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. But like, you're you're kind of forced to overpay a little bit. Um, so that I, I kind of I feel for them in that in that respect. But if I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan, I am excited. I mean, that is just it's a generational talent. Um, not to mention it's it's one that uh, landed in America um, and because you have McDavid, yeah. you have Matthews, right? Like you have the generational talents that ended up in Canada. Um, but now, you know, Bedard going to Chicago, it'll be it'll be really cool to see that uh, original six team doing well. Uh, I, I'm jealous, obviously, because the Wings have been in a rebuild for about seven years now. And it's hard to even follow the team unless you like actually know hockey like myself. Uh, but the Chicago fans, you guys got so lucky. You go from watching Taves and Kane and all these, you know, legends um, to, you know, your, your rebuild moved pretty quick. So, you know, yeah, I, right, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear any, I don't want to hear any complaining over there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, uh, but Bedard, yeah, that's, it's exciting for them. And, um, and I, I think all three, I think all three, of the, or I think the top three are actually going to do very well too. Cause Fantilli's, Fantilli's a man, and then that Leo Carlson kid, that kid can skate. So big center. Yeah. Guess what? Big center and can skate, man. It's it's the high value, the high value centers. Yeah, I mean, the, when you look back at the draft, the first four picks were centers. Mm. Obviously, we have mm. Bedard going first, Leo yeah. Carlson going second, and then Fantilli going third to Columbus, and then going fourth, you got William Smith going to the yeah. you know the Sharks. Um, but just you know, keeping up with the draft there. Um, uh, one, one kid I want to talk about, a uh, local kid, um, yeah. from Buffalo. I had a chance to pre in a pre-draft interview with, um, um, Quentin Musty, uh, going to the San Jose Sharks late in the first round. Just, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of his oh, game yeah. or not in the OHL, uh, you know, playing for Sudbury, but yeah. if you had a chance to watch his game, what were your thoughts on him? I mean, he's a big, he's a big kid. Um, big kid skates. Well, you, you can't, uh, it's obviously hard to tell how he's going to fit into the NHL right away. Um, but obviously it's a really exciting time for him. Uh, he's getting a shot first rounder, right? I mean, that's a, it's an insane honor for him, but he's, uh, no, but he, he's a good, he seems like a good kid from the interview that I saw with you. Um, he's got a good head on his shoulders, uh, you know, local kid. So, you know, he's, he's humble, blue collar, love that. Um, he's going to work, he's going to work his tail off, which is, you know, which is all you can ask. And, uh, he, he he's got a little bit of grit to his game, which obviously I like, I think that adds value to him. Um, I think uh, it was San Jose, right? That picked them up. Yep, twenty six. So, uh, so I think they got. I think they got a steal. Um, I think they did well. I think they had a good draft too. They got. They got a couple guys that were like that kind of floated down on the board that they they were able to pick up. Um, and so he was. He so he was one of them, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, I was, I was I, 
they also got William Smith, like we talked about the center. Yeah. So I mean, potential maybe maybe a future top six right there. You know, yeah. Smith and Musky. Oh, definitely. So Musky's a he's he's not a center, right? No, he's a he's a winger. He's a wing, yeah. He's a so I mean, he's um, I mean, yeah, he's definitely uh, you know, he's obviously got, got some development to do. I mean, as do all of them, right? Uh, doesn't matter who you are. Uh, so it, it, it'll be, it'll be good for him, but I, I liked his game. I mean, I think that he definitely, you know, I, I, this, this draft was, was pretty deep. I think this will go down as like a pretty good draft. Um, yeah. I mean, cause like even well, I mean, we'll talk about who the Sabres and the wings got, but I mean, I think, I think your, who'd your first pick was Benson, right? Like I thought Benson yep. was a stud. I thought he was going to go earlier. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, we'll move right into you know the Sabers, and then we'll sure. we'll transition to the Wings here. Um, yeah, you mentioned his name, Zach Benson, thirteenth uh, yeah. overall um, winger out of Winnipeg in you know the WHL. Uh, played with Matthew Savoy, Sabers first round draft pick yeah. um, the year prior. So reuniting Savoy and Benson together, and mm-hmm. a lot of people had Benson going, uh, you know, sixth overall. They yeah. had him going within the top top seven. Yeah. Um, very flashy. He's speedy. He can score anywhere on the ice. Um, raw, talented. That's why he was projected to go so high. But he fell to Buffalo at the 13th pick. They didn't have to trade up for him. They didn't have to trade back. They could have just they sat right where they were. And mm-hmm. uh, they added a very another talented player uh, to the prospect pool. And it doesn't hurt to have um, as many forward depth uh, prospects that the Sabres do in their franchise, in no. their organization, just because you never know which ones are going to hit. You know, Zach Benson could be, you know, your your future replacement for a guy like Jeff Skinner in three mm-hmm. or four years. He can turn out to be a phenomenal, you know, first-line winger. And yeah. when you look back at it, people are like, oh, we should have drafted a defenseman. But you look back at it, Zach yeah, yeah. Benson can turn out to be a 35-goal scorer yeah. and playing on a line with Thompson or Cousins. Um, yeah. And I, and I think it's a great pick overall. Uh, again, you can never have enough forwards. Uh, and no. speaking of not having enough forwards, uh, 39th overall, the Buffalo Sabres went with Anton Wahlberg, um, a center, yep. um, a bigger center, um, played over in Sweden. So the Sabres adding a, another Swede, um, but this time not a defenseman, but a mm-hmm. forward. Um, the center uh, was doing well enough to, dry the, to draw the eye of the Buffalo Sabres and, uh, you know, adding to this pipeline of prospects. Again, it doesn't hurt to have... Um, you know, the depth that the Sabres are, are building at the forward position, just because you never know what could happen. Casey Middlestat could, could leave this organization next year. We, we don't know. And if you have a guy like Anton Wahlberg, you have a guy that could potentially fill that third line spot one day, fill a fourth line spot. Um, if a guy goes down with injury, it's, it's always good just to have an extra prospect in your pipeline, just to be able to, you know, put your back on like that. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. I thought the Sabres did well, man. I really do. Yeah, and, and we're not gonna, you know, glorify over every draft pick, but the two two more I want to get to for the Sabers, um, they do go defenseman their their next two picks, forty uh, fifth overall, only six picks later, um, Sabers go uh, maximum strap, um, the Slavic defenseman uh, already played over in the states, played in the USHL, played over in you know some junior leagues, probably played against some guys you played against, maybe potentially, sure. um, more of a shutdown defenseman than offensive. Um, you know, nice for the Sabres to get another anchor uh, to potentially pair with Dowling or Power uh, in the future years, or maybe he is a, th- a third pair guy. Um, you never know, but it's always nice to add um, another shutdown defensive because we already have those offensive 
offensive defenseman in in power and Darlene, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to add that. And uh, one more, uh, Gavin McCarthy, eighty six overall, another local kid, um, drafted. Uh, he was born in Clarence, uh, played for the Junior Sabers, uh, growing up, and he will continue his career at Boston University, where uh, another pretty good hockey player from Buffalo went, uh, Jack Eichel. Uh, Gavin McCarthy, local kid, nice to have that in the pipeline. And again, 86 overall, he's got potential there. And then the last three picks for the Sabres were goaltender, defenseman, and defenseman. It was uh, Scott Ratzlaff, 141st overall, um, Sean Keane, 137th overall, and Norwin Ponchoa, uh, 205th overall. So that was the you know the draft of the Sabres. And uh, just overall, I mean, you said they had a good draft, but if there is there a draft pick, you know, maybe outside of Benson that really caught your eyes about the Sabres? Um, I, I mean, yeah, like uh, the the second guy you mentioned definitely could have uh, – definitely can pan out, um, it, right? He was the 39th overall pick, you said? Yeah, Wahlberg. Um, the, uh, yeah, the Wahlberg, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Swedish kid, right? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he's like – it's another guy. I mean, I, I – you know, we'll talk about it. I, I, I – like the Wings love their Swedes. Um, so I, I, whenever a team takes a Swede, I, I can see why, um, I mean, you have guys that, you know, come out of there like, uh, you know, Zetterberg, Lidstrom and, and like some of the better, some of the best, you know, two way players in the league, um, with a defensive mindset too, um, yeah. come out of there. It's just, especially though, you know, those organizations like for Linda and, and, um, them. So I, I, I mean, I, I like, I just like the versatility. Um, I like the versatility of a lot of these players, um, you know, reading up on most of them too. I mean, it's, it's really, there's a lot of like, what they, what they talk about is like when they're looking at these kids, not only do they have like, you know, the points, not only do they have the stats, not only do they have all that, but like when they play the game, do they have the same traits as NHL guys? You know what I mean? Do they play the game the same way? Do they think the game the same way? Are they thinking ahead or are they like, does it seem like they're just following the puck the whole time? Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, and it's hard to do that. And not only is it just hard to do that, but it, the hardest part of doing it is consistently, right? Like you, when you, when you get up to this level, you, you can't, you can't have, you can't afford a bad game. No, you can't. You know? So I, I, yeah, but I, no, I like, I liked the Sabres. I think they did. I think they did well. So what did they do? They did two centers. They did two centers. Um, and then, and then they went to D. Is that what you said? No. So the Sabres did um, a winger, um, the a Benson's center. A winger. Yeah. And then yep. they went on uh, four, de- four defensemen and a goalie. Okay. Four defensemen. So, yeah. I mean, that, so that's a little shocking, though, considering the fact that they already have they already have Owen Power and Darlene. Um, But, I mean, they're just – they're looking for – they're looking – and then who would they lock up long-term? Samuelson, right? Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean – like you, like you're looking good. You're looking good on D, but at the same time, you're kind of looking for a player that can play with those studs, right? Yeah. Yeah, and here's a, a graphic of um, just the uh, the draft picks yeah. that the Buffalo Sabers brought in this season. Um, again, it, it's a very solid draft. Didn't mention uh, you know, Ethan Madema there, but again, he was another uh, you know, solid draft pick that the Sabers brought in. Mm-hmm. I just again, you know, these eight players have, uh, you know, potential to, you know, you know, continue continue their junior slash college career, uh, make their way to the, the AHL for the Buffalo Sabers, and, and play with play in Rochester, and even one day 
uh, make it to the, you know, mm -hmm. organization and potentially suit up for the Sabres one day. Um, but sticking with the actual draft itself, mm -hmm. I want to talk about your uh, Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. I mean, your Detroit Red Wings, uh, we had, you know, some text conversations about it. And, you know, I had a phone call about it as well. Had a very solid draft. Um, and again, you know, this is a team that you mentioned is, you know, going through the rebuild still kind of yeah. on par with the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Um, and they're a team that for the last few years has, you know, picked around the same spots with Buffalo yeah. Sabres, kind of picking yeah. the same, the same tier talented um, players. And I don't know if you want to talk about, you know, the first draft pick um, that your wings selected yeah. um, and go from there. Yeah, yeah no. So, um, so the Red Wings were, I mean, we, I just hate, so there, if you talk to a lot of Red Wings fans, like I, I listen, I think, I think Detroit fans are, are, are good sports people. I think they know, I think they know more than the average fan in the NHL. Um, but they, they just can't get over the fact that the wings can't catch a break with the draft lottery. Like the highest we've picked, like we've been one of the worst teams in the league for like what last seven or eight years. And yeah. And like the highest we've picked is like fourth, you know, like with and then and then and then and then the rest and then the rest are like not even like high number like it's like six, seven, eight. Like now we have nine. We're you know they're ninth this year. Um, so but you know that it's if you talk to a Red Wings fan, that's what they're gonna tell you, right? They're gonna blame it on that. They're gonna you know talk about that, whatever. I have I hold the opinion that I think Steve Eisman is probably top top five definitely top three um uh gm in the league uh and i would have faith in him if you know if i'm the owner to like bring in you know the right kind of guys i think he's got the pedigree i think he's got everything i think he's got the reputation i think he i think he has the the um the attitude of a good nhl gm where he's aggressive but not too aggressive right um and uh but he so what he what he did is uh, this year he went for versatility for the Red Wings. Um, he didn't go with any off the board picks like he did with Moritz Seider. Um, and, and like I mean, you can remember how shocked everyone was um, when that happened, right? Like this guy was barely even supposed to go in the first round. How did he go sixth overall? Well, he ended up winning a Calder, so that's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, but, right. I, yeah, but I so the guy knows what he's doing. He knows what he's looking for. Um, kind of knew that the Wings were going to go with a center uh, right away, and then they um, they ended up picking up this kid Danielson. Um, I'm going to look up his first name right now. Yeah, Nate Nate Danielson. He's a center from Brandon and uh, from the Dub from the WHL. And big big kid, six two, one eighty six. Um, Definitely, definitely can play NHL games. I but knowing the Wings, that they they won't do that. <laughs> they they'll bear they're they're gonna put him in Grand Rapids in the AHL for a little bit. Uh, he, from what I from what I saw in his highlight things, he's just he's he's very good skater for his size, and his his creativity is very good. But his his main his main calling card is his versatility. He's a two way center. Um, they said that he kind of reminds people of an Elias Lindholm sort of style of player. Um, so he can be elite when he wants to up front, but he's still defensively responsible, which is which is what uh, which is what Eisenman, I'm sure, I'm sure Eisenman loved that about him. 
And luckily, you know, luckily for the Wings, he fell to ninth. Um, I think that's where he was kind of supposed to go anyway. Um, there were a lot of people that said that the Wings were going to take a different, uh, a different, uh, a different center. But um, but uh, it sounded like uh, Kevin Weeks and all the analysts on the NHL, you know, on the um, on the TV, they were, they were saying that it was uh, that 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 was a very good pick for the Wings. Um, moving on, uh, you have Axel Sandin Palika. Um, the best Swedish name kid. in the draft. Oh, by far. Um, uh, Swedish kid, shocker, absolute shocker coming from the wings. Um, and, and I'll be, I'll be totally honest. Uh, and I'm not the only one that thought this, you know, from, from here in Michigan, but, um, I loved the pick love his highlights were incredible. I, I, it's, it was unbelievable here seeing that many different highlights coming from, you know, from a, from a kid that was drafted 17th. Right. So, um, it was a, it was really, it was really cool. And then we find out he's 5'11". We're like, what? Like, he's a, he's a defenseman. Just went first, you know, first round, and he's 5'11", 180, I think. Yeah, 180. Um, but he, he did really well. He did really well in the Swedish Second League this year. And uh, he, and he's a very, very skilled puck-moving defenseman. Um, he's right-handed. And, uh, the, and the only thing that I really – the only thing that I can really talk him up about is – is the fact other than his highlights, obviously, was that uh, Kevin Weeks, when he was kind of describing him, he he was he was praising the Wings for this pick. He said he loved it. Um, you know how much of that is you know genuine. You know you never know, right? But I mean, he said he loved it for him, and he said that he has. He said that Axel has this Latang, Chris Latang esque to him, um, where you know what I mean, where he's kind of smaller, yeah. he's undersized. But he's just so agile, and he he's such a good puck moving defenseman that he can kind of get himself out of you know tough situations like that. And obviously, in my opinion, I'm gonna think, oh well, you pair him up with you know Cider or, or um, Edvinson that we got coming up too. I mean, they, they're yeah. it's gonna be you know he, he could match up with that. Um, so uh, yeah, no, the, so those are the so those are the first rounders. The Wings got the Wings were lucky enough to get two you know to have two first rounders. I think they did very well. Um, uh, you know, two guys that you can put them into any situation. Um, I didn't mention that too much about uh, Danielson, but they, they said that he can go into literally any situation, penalty kill, power play, five yeah. on five, four on four, and he is completely comfortable. And obviously with his size and his defensive mindset, I, I you know, that's, that's, that's a high value player. Obviously he's got to put it together, but you know, you're looking at a guy that has, like I said earlier, all the traits to become something solid in the league. And, you know, and obviously you want to expect that too from your, you know, your first pick in the first round. So um, that's that. Uh, after that, uh, they, they took, they took a, another goalie, um, which I was kind of surprised about. Uh, I think that was their, yeah, that was their third pick. They took uh, from NTDP and uh, Evan will be the first to tell you that uh, the two years ago, we uh, at Buff State, we played uh, the national development program. And he was actually on that team then, and uh, he yeah. was, uh, and he and he was a stud. Uh, he didn't play against us, um, but he, uh, he he's he's a very good goalie. Um, he's done very well for himself there at NTDP. He's um, he's not that big for a goalie for NHL goalie standards. He's six one one ninety, um, and uh, so in, in the wing system right now, uh, they have this name or they have this kid named Sebastian Kosa, and 
he it was between him and who was the kid that got drafted in Minnesota? It was like Wall Wall something. Oh, Wallstat. 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 Yeah, everybody thought that the Wings were going to take the Swedish big goalie Wallstat, but instead the Wings go with the six foot six Sebastian Kosa out of the WHL. Um, he was a first round pick, I think, last year, and. Um, and so uh, the Wings got another goalie. This kid's American. Uh, he's he's done he's done really well. Uh, he, he, what they were bragging about him about was that his ho- about his hockey sense. They thought that his that he can kind of read a pass before it's coming. And I can tell you as a player that when a goalie actually can like read the game, it makes a world of a difference. I don't care how big you are, whatever. If he knows that pass is coming and he anticipates it, all it takes is a, all it takes is his natural athleticism. And he's saving that puck on a two-on-one if it goes over. Like he, that, those are the kind of the saves where you're seeing, you know, somebody get robbed on the back door and stuff. It's like, it's like, yeah, you have to be incredibly athletic to to pull off that save. But at the same time, if he knows that's coming, if he can read that, you know, the the player's eyes, like he knows he's looking over there and he sees it coming, it gives him a huge advantage. He's going to save that puck way more times than just being naturally athletic and getting over there, right? Um, so I, I love that pick too. And then the, um, the rest of them, you have, yeah, Andrew Gibson, uh, OHL kid, Brady Cleveland. He's a, he's, that kid's just a massive, um, a massive kid. That's just going to absolutely bully guys around. Hopefully he plays in the NHL, you know, cause once you, once you right. drop down, once you drop down past like the third round, you know, you're, you're you know, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to make the lineup. Um, Noah Dower Wills or Noah Dower Nilsson. Uh, left winger, Swedish, no shocking. Um, he actually he so he has the he definitely has the tools to 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 play. He's just you know he's just got to put it together. And then from there, it was a couple um, a couple American guys. There or actually no, this kid was from uh, Culver. Uh, he so he's playing Indiana High School right now. Um, and that might sound a little that might sound a little strange, but he um, but it's Culver Academy. Uh, they've they've produced a ton of studs uh they they have a very good program out there it's a prep school um and then um jack phelan from sioux falls kevin bicker from germany and then uh rudy gimond from uh he's a goalie actually from taft so he's playing high school in connecticut uh but he's committed to yale um so yeah you know just more depth adding and then their last pick was emmett finney from kamloops another center six foot 163 and um, yeah, so just just a couple role players to finish out there. But um, the uh, Iserman, he the the guy knows what he's doing. I I, I have faith in him. Um, the only thing I the, what I wanted to finish up talking about was that um, uh, the criticism that's going on um, for you Buffalo fans. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you care, but um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on right now with uh, the, the the Red Wings fan base. And you can tell by my opinions of what I just said that I'm not going to agree with anything I'm about to say right now. But there are a lot of Red Wings fans calling for Iserman. They're saying that this rebuild has taken too long. They're saying that Iserman has no, that he needs to make big moves. They're saying that by the time that Cider and Raymond and by, by the time, um, by the time we're good, they're all going to be close to retirement. They just, they, they, these, these fans obviously know nothing about, these fans obviously know nothing about rebuilding. They know nothing about how to build a team from the ground up the right way. Um, because these are also the same fans that were calling for
for Kenny Holland to to leave to get out of here as, as, as soon as they could, right? And now he's the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, right? Um, so these are the same fans that are saying, "Get get Ken Holland out of here, get him out of here," and they knew how bad he messed up the Red Wings roster and how much he re- messed up our draft picks. We had nothing, and they had nothing, right? And now Eiserman has to clean up the mess. It took him two years to clean up every mess that Ken Holland made, and now he's in the process of of actually putting the wings in a good spot to where they have a solid foundation, building from the back up. Um, and, and starting out with a goalie, you got Kosa. You have a couple of key players on defense. You have Sider, who's already proven himself to, that he's going to stay in the NHL, and then Edvinson. And then from there on out, you have you're going to have Larkin. Um, you're going to have uh, you know you're going to have Larkin as your one center, um, and then um, and then and then this um, Danielson kid. He's gonna st- he's gonna step in eventually and do pretty well. So I it, like we're, we're we're the Red Wings are building the same way as the Sabers, and that's and Evan and I have talked about this off camera many times. How like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what the criticisms are for each fan base. It doesn't matter like because obviously every fan base is gonna hate yeah. some of the moves that their GM does. Um, but the thing that at the end of the day. None of us know anything. <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about, right? Like, like I, all you can say is like, "Oh, this kid looks like he's, you know, this kid looks like he can put it together." This kid, you know, but like, I'll just never understand why, you know, some guys are like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't believe they took him in this third round. Why would we take a, why would we take a goalie in the third round? We don't need a goalie." It's like you have no idea. Like this kid could be mm-hmm. the next Aiden Hill, like. <laughs> You have no idea, like what's what's going on. So, so yeah, I've like that's that's kind of my wrap up with um, with uh, the wings. I think that I think that both the wings and the Sabers did a really good job um, in this draft because obviously I think both teams are in the same kind of spot. I think your Sabers are a little bit ahead. Um, sure, uh, are a little bit ahead of the wings, uh, but you should be <laughs> because you poor yeah. guys. I feel so bad. <laughs> I really do. Been in the rebuild for uh, yeah, it's for been a while. Twelve years, twelve yeah, years. It's, it's been a while. So I, I, but but you know, you guys are getting there, and it's and it's exciting to see. You got a goalie too. Um, we got to talk about him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, we do have Devin Levi, and, and yeah. we, we'll talk about him. Uh, you know, as development camps rolling up here and his stuff goes yeah, on true. in the coming weeks, we'll get to him. But um, just to, you know, wrap things up. Here's a graphic of the yeah. draft picks for the Detroit Red, Red Wings through the 2023 draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys got a ton. You got five picks in between mm-hmm. rounds one and two. So, I mean, good for you guys, and you know, good good for Stevie Y. Yeah. Um, to be able to. Yeah. Again, and now, now it's just now Detroit. it's just like you stick them. Now it's just stick them in the AHL or you know the East Coast even, and and just see how well they do, and hopefully their development. Because Eiserman doesn't rush. Eiserman doesn't rush his players yeah. at all. He he wants them to when they when they step in the NHL, he wants them you know ready. He wants them to hit the ground running. He's not expecting them to adjust to the NHL. He wants them to be ready so when they get to the NHL, they already know their role. They already know how to play it. Which is a it's it's a very it's a very um, it's a very safe strategy, but you're seeing around the league a lot of teams are rushing their prospects, right? Yeah. Like, and you see kind of what happens to them. Like, oh, like you could take the argument where it's like, oh yeah, throw them into the fire, let them adjust, and like they'll be better. But at the same time, like you have guys that just don't they don't they don't get it right away, and then yeah. and then that you send them down to the AHL, and then they look like a bust, and then they can lose 
boost their confidence and whatnot. Um, the last yeah. thing I wanted to say, Ev, was what a what a what about no trades in the first round? Yeah, when was the last time we that, didn't talk that about that? That, yeah, that's no, got to be such a rarity. I mean, because, well, also there was so much buzz going around that there was going to be teams moving up, teams moving down. Um, I forgot what team was trying to talk to either Ottawa or San Jose. There was a team that like threw through ton of prospects at them just to get to the fifth pick or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was crazy, too. Kind of uneventful. <laughs> kind of sucked yeah. for a fan, but. Yeah, and, it, and you know, you know, staying on that point for another, you know, couple yeah. seconds here, like Kevin Adams, the Sabres GM, talked about in the beginning, like he wants to be aggressive. There's yeah. potential that he may want to move up. And mm -hmm. he even talked about at the end of the first round that there was talks about that Kevin Adams wanted to move up to pick 21 or, yeah. or you know, with back get back in the first round at pick 21 or later. Yeah. And it just wasn't happening, though. No, GMs were were budging on any offers that you know said teams were throwing towards anyone. Um, but yeah, no yeah. no trades in the first round, and it's something you don't see yeah. too often. And uh, speaking of something we don't see too often, that is you know that time of year where you know players sign big contracts with new teams mm -hmm. or the team that they are on, and that is NHL free agency in the twenty twenty three. Um, it's, uh, it's a very eventful, uh, you know, time in the off season for fans. Uh, it's, it's a time where, um, us as NHL fans, our, our screen time goes up, uh, for mm -hmm. that said week. Cause we're, we're always paying attention to Twitter and whatever oh, yeah. other sources we get our, uh, you know, NHL news from, uh, paying attention to free agency, but we'll stick, we'll stick on the wings just cause we are on uh, the sure. wings path here. Um, sure. They had a, a a ton of moves in free agency, yeah. but a couple yeah. but a couple big ones to talk about. Yeah. Um, one starting off, JT Comfort. Yeah. yeah. Five year deal. Uh, talk about it. Yeah, very very excited with that. That's um. So he's a he's a hometown kid. He played at uh, University of Michigan. Um, he's uh he's a stud. Uh, I I really I like his game. Uh, you can you can kind you could like Eiserman doesn't try to hide it. Like you can see the kind of guys he wants to bring in. Good character, defensive-minded, um, and you know, veteran guys, right? Like it's either a, it's either a, a full full-grown vet or a real young kid, you know, that he's going to put in the AHL until until he's ready. Um, so yeah, no, I loved Confer. Um, I it, it was nice because I actually like growing up, we used to go to you know, um, we used to go to Michigan Wolverine games all the time. Um, remember seeing him play, um, so it's always cool for me to see like guys like that come back. Um, he's also been a rover around the league a little bit. He's kind of jumped around. Yeah. Um, I, th I think former saber. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that his style of play is actually kind of solid. Um, so it's a little bit surprising seeing that. But maybe he's looking. You know, maybe he's still trying to find. You know, that team where he fits in well. I believe he won a cup. I, I did. He win a cup with uh, Colorado. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure he won a cup with I, Colorado. I, I think he did. Uh, so, so if he did that, then like that brings a, a whole different level of uh, you know uh, perspective to the room which is awesome. Obviously the wings aren't looking to, you know, make a huge playoff run this year. They'd be lucky to just get in. Um, but, uh, you know, like that's, that, that's a great move for them. Uh, another one. So they, they, the Yamamoto thing, that was, uh, the Yamamoto, yeah. uh, and, uh, Clem Costin trade. That was, that was incredibly interesting. I thought, um, but that's once again, Ken Holland and Eisenman working to help each other out. Um, that was clearly a backdoor deal where, you know, there, where Eisenman wanted Clem Costin 
Uh, he wanted to sign him, but he, they were just going to buy out Yamamoto. And then who picked him up? I think it was Seattle. Yeah, Seattle picked uh, him up. Seattle picked him up. Um, other than that, the Wings kind of signed uh, a couple a couple guys, Matt Luff and uh, Gustav Lindstrom. They signed them. Uh, and then after that, uh, the, the this one I wanted to talk about because uh, it's 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 catching a lot of heat. It's the only it's and obviously it's <laughs> it's because of the name, but uh, Justin Hull. Um, yeah, yeah. The wings, the wings signed him. Uh, let me see here. Uh, a three-year, three-year deal, and uh, a uh, the AAV of this is tough to say with a straight face, but three point four. Um, it, it's definitely there's there's good reason why it's the you know why it's the most talked about thing. It's um, it's a little bit. It's it's quite an overpayment um for a guy that has received a lot of negative attention. Um. From Toronto, shocking, shocking. Um, however, right. I will always take the player's side, and I hope that him getting out of Toronto allows him to kind of be a little more free, play his game. Um, he is a physical; he's a big physical defenseman. So I'm assuming that's what Eisenman wants him to do. And on top of that, he's a vet, so he's probably going to they're probably going to pair him up with Cider or Edvinson or somebody um, that's that's more of a puck moving and faster. So, you know, he can play that stay-at-home role. Um, after that, you have Daniel Sprong, who's a stud on um, on Seattle this year. I thought he was really good. Uh, James Reimer, uh, who they, they picked up for a one year for a million and a half uh, from San Jose. I love that, too. And then they got Alex Lyon as well, which I thought was yeah. really interesting. Um, so I, that, that it begs the question of what Eiserman is going to do with Nedeljkovic because um, uh, we've absolutely – the wings absolutely fleeced, um, uh, what do you call it, Carolina, or at least we thought, um, you know, uh, that one year when he got him for like a third round pick after coming off of almost uh, almost winning the Calder, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was cool. And then uh, a couple other guys, a couple other role guys, uh, Brogan Rafferty, um, Tim Gettinger, Tim Gettinger. I actually played against him uh, growing up. Then JT Confer that you said. I'm just reading these in order here. Uh, big one that I liked was uh, Gossespierre. Yeah, Gossespierre. Um, Shane great, great story. Yeah, I know. I, I, so I love it. Um, a lot of, a lot of people don't like it because he's, uh, you know, he's kind of been a suitcase in the NHL, and he, he hasn't really been able to find his fit. However, I love it because it's a win-win for the Wings. Eiserman does this all the time, where he'll sign a guy. He's got a bit of a name to him, maybe not for the best reasons, but he's gonna, be, he's gonna be put in big roles. He's gonna be doing. A lot of stuff for the wings, whether it's good or bad. And if he does, if he does well, he's on a one-year contract. So guess what's going to happen? We're going to get him for, we're going to get him for picks, and you know, come you know right before the trade deadline. And then if the wings, you know, if, even if they make it, like even if they make the playoffs, right? And then I think the last one was Christian Fisher um, from uh, from the Arizona Coyotes, um, another role player, one point one two five. I you know I. Just, just another role player, um, and, and this kind of ties into what I was saying earlier. A lot of, a lot of Red Wings fans are saying, "Oh my gosh, like, you know, there, Eiserman's not making any big moves. Like, when are, when are we going to actually make a splash? Like, we got to do something now. Like, yada yada yada." And I, I just toss it out the window because I think Eiserman's trying to build a good team, and we can't afford, or not, we can't afford, but we don't know what to even do with an elite you know, center or whatever right now. Also, Iserman loves underpaying people. 
except for Justin Hole, apparently. So, um, so yeah, but that so that's my breakdown of the uh, of the wing signings. There's been a lot. Um, so sorry to get long winded there, but yeah, no, all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go into the Buffalo Sabres, uh, you know, top free agents, um, mm-hmm. as of right now, and then we'll get, we'll play a little game, um, sure. for the rest of the free agency. And then well, we got some injury news to talk about the Buffalo Sabres and then Please. that'll be it for episode one, but yeah. going to the Sabres, uh, free agency news, uh, first big contract that they gave out was re-signing Tyson Jost, uh, one year, yeah. 2 million, yeah. $2 million for of that for them. you know the, the depth center. Uh Tyson Jost came to Buffalo, uh, you know, after having stints in, in Colorado and other places, a former, former um high-end first round pick. Mm-hmm. Never really figured it out with Colorado and stuff like that. But you know, he came to Buffalo, you know, midway through the season and he found, you know, a, a nice home for himself. Uh mm-hmm. he found points and times where he was, you know, getting hot on a, you know, three, four game point streak. He was producing. He was playing big minutes for the Buffalo Sabres. He found himself at a point in time where he was a third line center on this team, uh, making a, a, you know, a playoff push. Um, yeah. And you know, I, and I and I love you know having Tyson Jost back, not only for his on the ice play, um, mm-hmm. but for his off the ice character. Everyone just only said really good things about number seventeen, and you know, a lot of people say a lot of good things about a, a certain number seventeen in the city of Buffalo, and having two of those. Not gonna, not gonna hurt uh, having Jost here uh, for another year and only two million dollars. Sabers have you know cash to spend, so you know even if Jost only plays 45, 50 games this year, because again he is the fifth line or the you know the fifth uh, number five yeah. center on the depth chart uh, behind Gergensen's and stuff. So yeah. uh, you know again, welcome back mm-hmm. Tyson Jost. Not mad yeah. at all with the deal. Um, uh, you know the first big signing for the Sabers. Um, in free agency was Eric Johnson from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right shot defenseman, one year, $3.25 million. The 35-year-old defenseman uh, mm-hmm. won a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, has that, you know, cup experience, that, mm-hmm. that cup leadership. Uh, he's been around it. He knows, uh, you know, what to say and how to act in those situations. Uh, and you know, he's not a guy that's going to be anything special offensively, but he's more of a stay at home defenseman. And he also said this, this is what really intrigues me with the Eric Johnson signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he had five to six options to sign. And he said, Buffalo is the top of his list. Now, really? two years ago, teams would say they would have five, to five to six options of where they didn't want to go. <laughs> and yeah. Buffalo would be one of those teams. Buffalo would be at the yeah. top of the list of where players wouldn't want to go in free agency. And Eric Johnson being very, you know, excited and, and very out outgoing of where he wanted to go, and especially that being Buffalo. Um, I really think that's that's good um for the Sabres and, and everything else. And one thing else he said in, in quotes, word for word, that's not a secret anymore. Uh mm-hmm. anymore. People know the Sabres are coming. Um yeah. Teams around the NHL know know the Sabers are coming again. They were one point out of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Florida Florida got them by one point, but yep. uh, that was a great signing. I like the depth. I like the veteran presence that the Sabers are adding there. Uh, another right shot defenseman that the Sabers are bringing in, kind of like the the you know the Justin Hall deal. Um, three years, three point three three million for Connor Clifton, the former Boston Bruin. Uh, coming here, he's yeah. got a solid two way game. Played under Don yep. Granado, 
um, at the National Development Program. Um, nothing crazy with this one. Uh, it's another right shot defenseman that the Sabres needed to bring in because uh, it's it's honestly it's been a long time since the Buffalo Sabres have been able to bring in consistent right shot defensemen. They're hard to find. If you can find a really good right shot defenseman, lock them down because there's not too many of them in the NHL. And the Sabres bring in two solid players. Uh, Connor Clifton has his flaws, but uh, at the same time, I love Steve, it. I love that yeah. free guy. I w- I wish the Wings got him. I know I yeah. love Connor Clifton for you guys. He's is he uh you said he's right shot? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's right shot. Okay, that's probably why the wings kick tires on him, but I I love Well that Justin Hall's guy. a right shot. Oh yeah, but he's a sta- yeah, but he's not yeah, yeah, we're not putting them in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, no. Yeah. No, his well, Justin Hole, his his role is clear. Clifton Clifton's got upside, I think. He does. He's only been in the league for about five years. Yeah, he's so yeah, he's still young too. No, he Clifton's I so I played with his I believe I played with his is it his cousin? It should have been his cousin, yeah. It's um Timmy Clifton. I played with him in Shreveport. I mean, like that that the whole family is 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 incredible athletes. So there he he'll do he'll do well. I loved watching him on Boston. He fit into Boston really well. I'm surprised they let him walk. It's probably because of money, I would assume. Yeah. But and the uh, Sabres, yeah, no, that's, that's an awesome pickup for you guys. Yeah, and, and the Sabres have that extra money to, uh, yeah, uh, you know, spend whether that's eight hundred, nine hundred thousand million dollars. Yeah. Sabres can afford that as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sabres didn't go out and get a goaltender, and the reason is why is because GM Kevin Adams, um, said in the press conference the other day, I'm really excited about the goaltenders we have, and and those two goaltenders are Devin Levi and UPL Ukapakalukanen, and yep. again. You gotta trust the process with Kevin Adams here. Now, me personally, I was more on the I was 50-50. I was more on the boat of potentially getting a veteran goalie for one year and pairing him with Levi. I cause it's it's just it's it's very tricky with Lukanen. Cause and again, he, yeah. he he at one point in time, uh he won rookie of the month, um, and I believe the month of November. But at the same time, he's also giving up consistent streaks. Um, you don't, we don't know where UPL is going to be. Maybe this year he he turns out to be a very consistent, um, you know, solid NHL goaltender. But that's yeah. that's what we'll have to wait to see. And and, and Devin Levi, mm-hmm. I think Devin Levi is the next uh, great franchise goalie in the NHL. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's got every tool to be a you know number one goalie in this league, an All Star goalie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just when you know when is he gonna get the opportunity to play a full sixty game season? When when is that gonna be able to be laid out for him? It could be this season. I I don't know what the trajectory with the Buffalo Sabers for Devin Levi is. We saw him play seven games last year, and that was enough for me. I I, I saw what a guy uh you know could be for us in the future. Um, but other than that, goaltender the Sabers lost Malcolm Subban. That's one that you know hits home for me because he was a great energy guy in the locker room. He was mainly in Rochester, but once in a while he'd pop up, pop up with the Sabres and, mm-hmm. you know, he'd be great, but you know, he found himself pretty sure he went over to San Jose. So, you know, I'll go for him one year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing there. So a, a game I want to play uh, with you, Joel, um, yeah. I'm going to rattle off some names that okay. you know, got some contracts okay. uh, in free agency. And you're just going to give me a yay or nay. And maybe, oh, you know, yay or nay? Oh. yeah, a little okay. yay or nay. Um, I'll, keep I'll keep it short. Yeah, maybe you know if you want to give a little slight description yeah. about said player, uh, yeah. go for it. We got um, you know, about 
little over a dozen names here. We'll rattle hey, off. Let me. Let, how about this? Let me start off with. I want to start off with one guy because sure, he, he signed in Buffalo. He signed in Buffalo. Okay. Um, Justin Richards. Yeah. What do you think? Let me give him a yay. You know I anything know. about him? That he's yeah, he you know, signed in Buffalo. I. His dad coach. His dad coached me for a little, or his dad coached for me, or coached me for a little bit, and then. Um, he, and he, uh, he coached, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets a little bit. Um, he actually, he's awesome family, but Justin, Justin's my age. I think he's a 98 and he's an absolute stud. Uh, you guys got him for league minimum, I believe. And, uh, I, I just realized that cause I'm looking all this stuff up right now. And yeah. it is, that is, it is such a crazy small world how that works, but good two way center. Uh, good for the Sabers. Another depth guy. You know, even if he's in the A, he's gonna help. He's gonna help yeah. out Rochester. So good for you guys. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So he. Yeah. So I'm looking him up now. Like. Yeah. I did. I did see the signing, but like, I didn't yeah. really see. I'm gonna be honest. It's like hard. You're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna pay attention hard, to a name like it's that. Hard keep, yeah. It's hard to keep up with those uh Small those hard. AHL signings and stuff like that. Like. Yeah. But I mean, again, that's good for awesome. him. Um, Absolutely. good for the Buffalo Sabers if they can uh, find another guy to. Add mm-hmm. to their, to, you know, to their pipeline in, in Rochester, um, and if he, you know, plays there, absolutely, you know, go up there and catch a few games with him. Um, so absolutely, first right, name I got names, I mean, in this, got. Yeah. this is uh, this yay or nay in um, this yay or nay yeah. in free agency. Um, Milan Lucic one year deal with the Boston Bruins. Not surprising at all. Not surprising at all. Good for him. Definitely, definitely a yay. Um, Boston needs a guy like that. After what the heck just happened? <laughs> yeah, they need a guy in the locker room that's gonna who did they just bundle that to? Who did they just lose to? A bunch of Milan Luciches, like yeah, yeah, Florida, heck yeah, yeah, right? Get another, get one. Um, a guy dealt with some injuries over the past couple years, looking to kind of bounce back, going to a team that won a cup a little bit recently. Um, Max Pacioretty, um, one year deal with Washington. One year deal, um, yeah. So, the, um, I definitely think that. He, uh, I thought he was going to stay in Carolina personally. Um, I thought he signed a, a good deal there. Uh, it seemed like he liked it. You know, Washington, they've made a couple moves. Um, yeah, well, obviously we can't get to every team, but yeah, Washington made a couple moves. He's definitely one of their biggest names, if not their biggest name that they signed. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I, I like that as long as he, uh, I, it, it's, I'd have to look at it, but we have to see where he exactly he fits in that lineup and who he'll be yeah. playing with. Um, I don't think they're going to put him with Ovechkin. Uh, maybe no. I don't know because he's a, he, can, he, he can pass. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a yay, I'll give it a yay because uh, a team like Washington needs a guy like Pacioretty. So yay. <laughs> Former Buffalo Saber Connor Sheary signs a three-year deal with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa's lost a few Love players, that. but they've they've added Connor Sheary. They listen. They're like Tampa Bay is no different um, than teams like uh, the Sabers and the Wings where you can kind of tell by their signings what kind of guys they're looking for. Like, they're not trying to hide it at all. Um, Connor Sheary, role player, Stanley Cup champion. Um, definitely a, definitely a – he's played with multiple Hall of Famers throughout his career. Uh, and uh, Tampa does this every year where they sign these, you know, these role players that turn into, that turn into some of the biggest, biggest names in the, in the playoffs and whatnot. So um, for all the people saying that Tampa Bay – is packing it in and their 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 window is closing or their window is closed or whatever. You look at that Connor Sheary signing and you say, I don't know yet. 
Yeah, he's a guy who's won Stanley Cups and he's you know yep. scored big time goals in the playoffs. Um, Luke Shen, three year deal with Nashville. Uh, that's Luke. Uh, so I I don't know how old he is, but um, but uh, that's uh, Nashville's an unbelievable place to play. Obviously, um, they need a lot of help. Uh, they've lost a lot of guys and they've been out of it for a little bit, which is kind of unlike them. Um, but uh, the transfer of GMs now, Barry Trotz has taken over. And um, that's a really, you know, it's a, it's going to be a breath of fresh air from Poye uh, and uh, or David Poyle. I don't, I still don't know how to say his name right. Um, but yeah, no, Luke Shen, he, he's 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 kind of been a rover around the league too. But uh, Nashville, they, they need. I mean, who who they lose? They lost. Uh, they haven't lost Yossi, but uh, they lost. Well, they Ekblad, lost. Right? Yeah, Duchesne. Yeah, Duchesne and Ekblad. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, they they're definitely going to need to replace you know that role. Because uh, Yossi can't, Yossi's like one of the top D in the NHL, obviously, but you yeah. know you can't do it alone. So um, I definitely, definitely a smart move for Barry Trotz. All right, um, Jason Zucker, one year deal with Arizona. So um, I think he deserved more than one year, but I mean, you know, it's Arizona, so I, you know, I can't blame him. Uh, you know, you don't even know if they're going to be a team in a year from now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, uh, Jason, I, I loved, uh, watching him on Pittsburgh. Um, when I was living out in, uh, Wisconsin, uh, the, the West side of Wisconsin, that's important to note. Um, there are a lot of Minnesota wild fans and they love Jason Zucker. He was an amazing guy, did a lot of stuff for the community. Um, and he's obviously a very, very good player. Um, his wife has a foundation, I believe too. Um, so she helps uh, people that need it. And, um, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, Arizona got a great guy, um, and, uh, and a really good player. So that, that I'm not sure he'll, they'll probably hook him up with, uh, with Clayton Keller. So, yeah. uh, I, I would imagine that, uh, that'll be, a, that'll be a pretty good tandem because, uh, they're both playmakers and they're both going to find each other. All right. We got, um, Alex Kalorn, four year deal with the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, um, and on Duff's, uh, the Ducks got Kalorn, and who else did they get too? Is it uh, they they got Kalorn. they got another guy too, um, uh, Kalorn and uh, yeah, I hate to put them together, but they're they're definitely oh Gudis, that's who it was. Yeah, Racco Gudis. Yeah, um, those two guys. I mean, look at the direction they're going. Right, um, they have their guys. They have Zegris. They have Troy Terry. They just drafted Carlson. Uh, um, but uh, look. Yeah, they just drafted. I mean, look at look at kind of who they have up front, and uh, they definitely are looking to add. Um, definitely are looking to add. Um, you know, a little more grit to their game, a little more size. Um, and then obviously they need to be. They need to be in case they make the playoffs. They need to be ready for it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Hey, going back to Nashville though, Ryan O'Reilly signing in Nashville. How about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, I mean, you know, you can see there. You can see the direction they're going as well. So I, I think you can tell, like, you know, the roles are much more defined in the NHL. And I think you can, I think that you can tell what direction the GMs are going. Yeah, I know. That's the the next one I was going to talk, actually. Ryan yeah. O'Reilly, former Buffalo yeah. Sabre as well. Um, yeah. Going from Toronto to to Nashville, four-year deal for, uh, you know, ROR. Yeah, I mean, he's getting paid. Um, he is obviously, um, he's obviously proven himself um, throughout his career and especially yes. in the playoffs. So him, him making four and a half, him making four and a half for four years, um, that's a steal. <laughs> um, yeah. I would, I would argue, um, I'm not, I, I'm not sure how old he is. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is like 30, 
33 now, I believe. Is he 33? Okay, so yeah, I mean he's on the he's on the back nine of his career, but there is no there is no doubt in my mind that he he can still play. And even even for what he's lacking in age and in speed and, and whatnot, um I, I think it's just I think is just his pre oh he's only 32. Yeah, see, that's not bad. His presence in the locker room is has got to be priceless. Um yeah. so so yeah, uh, unbelievable pickup for Nashville. I I didn't I didn't realize that they had uh, that they got so many um, so many of guys that I like. So I'll definitely be uh, definitely be paying attention to them. Uh, yeah, let's go with uh, three goaltender deals right here, real Ooh, quick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Jari, five year deal with Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, bringing him back, right? Um, yep. So that I mean that's an amazing thing for him. Um, Dubis Dubis is doing an unbelievable job. Um, next podcast we definitely need to make that a talking point about toronto because i always thought that dubis was the bad guy turns out it was shanahan the whole time uh crazy crazy plot twist of events there um tristan yari uh, i think i think he's been a stud um i think he's been well i think he's done well um the pittsburgh's pittsburgh's goaltending ever since (laughs) ever since uh flurry left you know, and they, uh, they, who they put all their, the, the guy in Ottawa now, uh, Matt Murray, they put all Matt their trust in Matt Murray and, uh, you can see how that turned out for him. Um, and then you can see how well Flurry did after that. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I think Pittsburgh deserves, I think Pittsburgh deserves a good team. They need at least, they need at least another run before Malkin and Crosby and Latang are all done. Right. Like they, yeah. they, they deserve it. The fan base deserves it. Uh, and I mean, I'm saying that as a Wings fan, like it's it's tough, but like some of the best players in the world have played there. Like they, that fan base deserves at least one more kick at the can with those with that core. And um, it kind of sucks. I wish Jason Zucker was still there because I thought he really fit well with Crosby and whatnot. But he did. Um, but yeah, so that there's so yeah, that's that. Um, but yeah, no, Yari. I, I'm not sure if he's gonna be. I'm not sure if he's gonna be the starter right away, or if they're gonna have a little healthy competition, or they're what their goal is there, but just a five-year deal. Yeah. I would hope it. Yeah. Five-year deal is pretty hefty. Yeah, no, it, it, but Hey, like he's, he's clearly proven himself. And then Dubas, you know, Dubas, he, he doesn't want to, he just got out of, just got out of Toronto. He doesn't want to be dealing with too many, the goalie situation anymore. So he locked yeah, his right. up long-term, right? Um, yeah. So the next three goaltender deals, Freddie yep. Anderson, two year with Carolina going back there. He's going back. Yeah. Um, Freddie Anderson, another guy who, got such a bad rap in Toronto just because he was playing in Toronto and he wasn't, you know, Brodeur-esque. Um, but Freddie Anderson, I, he's a great guy. Uh, I think uh, he's, he's another guy that does, it's very open about how, like the charity work he does. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's, he, he does well, a little bit inconsistent, I would say, but you know, if you have, uh, if you put him, if you put a good defense in front of him, you know, it makes him look a lot better. So uh, Ilya Sorokin, eight-year deal with the Islanders. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you kind of knew – everyone knew this one was coming. Um, he, he arguably arguably the most clutch goalie in the NHL right now. I mean, any any team would be lucky to have that guy. I mean, he's young. He's young. He's athletic. Um, he steals games, which is, you know – I mean, that that in itself is worth, you know, $4 million a year, right? Like, yeah. I mean, your goalie's winning you games. I, that's just priceless. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, what he, like the Islanders have never been the, the Islanders the past few years, like, yeah, they've been a good team, but they've never been great. And he has made them look great at times. 
Uh, yeah, because they don't have a number one forward. No, they don't. I mean, I listen, I'm a huge Barzell fan. I love yeah, Matt yeah. Barzell, and I love the way player. he plays. I love everything about um, – uh, but – but yeah, no, they they don't have a, they don't really have a true a true number one like you're saying on forward or defense. So, however, I, I like the Islanders. I love their the defensive style of game they play. Um, it's it's and, very uh, different. It is. It's very boring hockey to watch. But you know, like, I mean, you're not gonna hear you're not gonna hear me actually like think that because I I I actually know what they're doing and I appreciate yeah. the strategy behind it. Right. So yeah, no, that uh, Sorokin. Great, great deal. You kind of knew that was getting locked up, and and he, I could see him being kind of like a Bobrovsky sort of thing, where he's everybody's going to give him trouble about the money, but then he's going to go on a couple runs, or he's going to take the Islanders somewhere, and you're going to be like, yeah. oh, okay, this is why. <laughs> yeah, um, Jonathan Quick, one year deal with the uh, New York Rangers. Huge Jonathan Quick fan. Still can't believe L.A. just gassed them like they did. Um, unbelievable. I'm so happy that he won a Stanley Cup. I mean that that just shoves it right back in LA's yeah, face. Even though he uh, only played a little bit, but yeah, and no, he didn't. No, it's, yeah, he, he he barely played at all. But I, yeah, no, great, great for him. Um, you, it was a one deal, right? One year. Yeah. Yeah, one year. So yeah, nothing too crazy, but uh, good for him. the The guy deserves to go out uh, on his own terms, and um, it sucks that it that it has to be you know this late in his career. That uh, you know he's kind of getting dealt around, but you know that's that's the nature of the game, nature of the NHL, I guess. All right, um, time wise, just gonna yay or nay for these next few deals, yeah. and then we're gonna get into a little bit of Sabers injury discussion. Oh yeah. All right, uh, Miles Wood, six-year deal with Colorado. Uh yeah, tough defenseman. Yeah, that yeah, that's a that's a big one. Two and a half million for six years. Um, role player. Uh. Role player, big left winger. I yeah, no, that's that's a that's a good deal. That's a good deal for them. Um, they're definitely so yeah. He's coming from New Jersey. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we got three Toronto signings in a row. We got Ryan Reeves, three year oh, deal yeah. with Toronto. We got uh Tyler Bertuzzi, one year deal. Yeah, yeah. and then we got Max Domi, one year deal too. Yeah. Um, I mean. What, what am I keep saying? Like you can tell the direction these GMs are going. Um, you know, they're, they're seeing what kind of teams win the Stanley Cup and like what, you know, what it takes, you know, to get past certain teams too. Um, yeah, uh, grit, all three of them, grit. Um, you know, Reeves, obviously, he's never going to move off the fourth line. Um, yeah. You know, he's out there for a reason. And uh, the guy can play though, um, you know, so, so he, he's still – you know, he's a presence. You know, the guys know he's out there, whatever. Um, Domi, unbelievable, unbelievable skill. He's shown that he's clutch. Um, I really liked him on Dallas. I liked him on Carolina, too. Um, but this you is like him be everywhere big... he goes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, uh, Toronto, it's going to be it's, it's going to be much different than the two places he just played. Um, however, he seems to be a kind of guy that kind of likes the attention. So all the power to him. Uh, I hope he does well. Uh, Bertuzzi. Uh, my heart breaks. Um, can't believe it. Uh, he's, he signed in uh, Toronto, so uh, the Wings will be seeing a lot of them. So will the Sabers, obviously. Um, yep. uh, another another guy. I think his his style of game is just priceless. Um, I mean, I've seen him play for you know all the all his years here in Detroit. Unbelievable guy. Uh, just doesn't 
I, 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 he, his game is just, he gets, he's either under your skin or putting it in the back of the net. So, or both most of the time, uh, you yeah. know, he's got, he's got that Matt Kachuk kind of, um, kind of, uh, vibe to him. So I, I really like that for Toronto. Toronto is definitely going that direction. Um, and now they're now like all out of all three of them, you know, they, it's great that they got these guys. It's unbelievable. And, and they didn't but, lose Nylander or Matthews you know, adding these guys either. So, yeah, I know, but now, but now, now it's going to be the cap crunch. I mean, I, how many more, how many more can they afford? Right. Like, so, um, and I'm not sure about their goaltending situation either. I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure if they're, they're sticking, you know, with their two guys. Um, yeah. So I will tell. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Evan Rodriguez, uh, mm -hmm. four year deal with the Florida Panthers. Love that. Um, love that. Really liked him on. Uh, really liked him on Colorado. Uh, he, he's a stud. Definitely like kind of one of the underrated, one of the underrated guys in the league. Um, I, I don't understand. I don't even know where, where he came from. He just it seemed like he came out of nowhere. Well, he used he just, to play in Buffalo, actually. Yeah. No, I know he did. I just, I, I don't know. He just got he just got nasty out of nowhere. It seems. Yeah. Like, like but, again, he's one of those guys in Buffalo, third, third, fourth line center. Yeah. Uh, Never really saw too much power play time. Never really got the opportunity. Uh, but then he went to Pittsburgh and really just just had a freaking awesome season one year. And then yeah. he found his way over to Colorado and then finding his way with a four-year yeah. deal over in Florida. Good for Erod. Um, yeah. Next, last couple ones. Uh, Matthew Shane, one year with Dallas. Yeah, crazy that he chose Dallas. Um uh, I really, I, I mean, definitely, it was definitely for the money, um, without a doubt. Uh, but Dallas is a good team, though. They definitely are doing something right down there. They're landing free agents, and they're doing well. Um, I think they have a, they have one of the best goalies in the league, Ottinger. Um, and then obviously with a guy like uh, Jason Robertson, uh, you're you know you're you're going to get consistent point production out of him. Uh, and then you add that with um, their their defense, who you know Heiskanen, I think, is one of the best one of the best skating and puck moving defensemen right now. So definitely, definitely a yay for him. Um, adding a little bit more presence and I'm not sure where Pavelski, I'm not sure if Pavelski's sticking around or not. Um, That'd be a big loss for Dallas. If they I know. Right. Like a big you know, loss. So, like, so you're adding like, you know, another, another guy that would definitely go well with his style of play. So yeah, no, I, I like what Dallas is doing. Um, but yeah. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for free agency. That's just more of the, sure um big names um obviously free agency is still going on um mm -hmm. and stuff like that but and there's been other signings throughout the league there's just so many to get to that we can't cover them oh, all yeah. into this but something i want to get into uh the wrap up you know the first episode of the wings with blue cheese podcast um is sabers related mm -hmm. and it's not great news uh it happened a few days ago um buffalo sabers second year forward jack quinn in a off season uh, training suffered a Achilles tendon injury. Uh, he had successful surgery, uh, but with that surgery, um, is going to be led for him to be, to being out for four to six months, uh, closer to six months. Um, according to Lance, uh, Lasowski, uh, could be seeing him around late December. Uh, just quick thoughts. Uh, you know, Joel, you have a little bit of history with, uh, you know, Mr. Quinn. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, it's it's that's obviously incredibly tough, especially to um, to get hurt in the off season like that. Um, 
Yeah, especially your second year in. I, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, the, the mental, his mental headspace right now. But, um, you know, the thing is, though, is he's got no rush. He's, got, he's young, um, and, and he's going to heal quick. So, he, you know, it, it, the, the team is going to take care of him. I'm sure, you know, the Sabres are making him feel comfortable. Hey, like, you know, rehab yourself, get healthy. You know, don't worry about, you know, don't worry about anything, you know, with the say, you know, with us until, you know, until December, whatever his timetable looks like. Um, I feel, I feel for him though. I mean, getting hurt is getting hurt in professional sports has got to be one of the, um, has got to be one of the most uh, depressing and, 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 and hard things to go through considering, you know, just the, the fact that we, if, if you get hurt and your replacement does a really good job, like he might not be taking your job necessarily, but you know, they're, they got to find a spot for him. So when you get back, you know, you have to, you have to perform up to the level you were at for better than whoever took your spot. Right. So um, that's, you know, that's the business side of the sport. So that's why you see a lot of guys that like a lot of guys that don't get hurt often, they have a much higher value. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, but uh, Jack, obviously this, this sucks for him, but, um, I, but he's young enough and he's still, you know, He's obviously played enough games, but he's still technically a prospect, I would say. Um, in a, in a sense, yes. In a he's sense, you know, you know what I mean. Like not not yeah. an actual prospect. He is, but, but isn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, he's established himself well enough, but at the same time, he's you know got more to so more to establish. So he, he he'll I I mean I have confidence. Like they're they're gonna take care of their they're gonna take care of their guys like that that get injured. So it just sucks that it just sucks the timetable, right? Like December. Oh. Like oh that would that would mentally defeat me uh, for now at least but yeah. you know rehab it rehab it and you know get back to it but I think uh, you know, he'll be, he'll be fine Sabres fans shouldn't panic just yet yeah and you know the thing with Jack Quinn obviously um, he really tore it up in in his rookie season in Buffalo and showed a lot of promise and going into his second season uh, the breakout was was is there the potential's there mm-hmm. everyone knew that Jack Quinn number twenty two was going to become you know, potentially the next great Buffalo Sabres mm-hmm. winger. Um, and this injury does set that back a little bit, but it doesn't mm-hmm. take away from the player he can still become. Uh, but the good news for the Sabres, if there is any good news with a, an injury like this, it's that the Buffalo Sabres have set themselves up for situations like this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, drafting yeah. the prospects they have, you know, having the guys on the depth chart they have uh, to fill uh, voids when an injury like this happens, you have a player leave the lineup like Jack Quinn will be doing for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you re-sign a guy like Tyson Jost so he can move to you know to the fourth line or wherever mm-hmm. and bump guys up. Casey Middlestack can move to winger. Krebs bump him up a spot, put Jost in his okay. in his spot in the lineup. I mean that's what it is really. And then you got a guy like Yuri Kulich who was the top rookie <laughs> in the AHL last season. He's looking to make a jump to the NHL. The 19-year-old kid uh, was phenomenal last year. And if he has a chance to play in the NHL in the third line for the Buffalo Sabres mm-hmm. because of this injury, then all for it, it will, he will have a few months to prove himself mm-hmm. uh, to the Buffalo Sabres organization. Um, but that's really all that is on the Jack Quinn injury front. Um, yeah. It's going to be, a, you know, you know a, a, a little bit of time for him mentally uh, to get back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then physically, when he does as well, um, he'll be back and, and be better than ever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think that's going to do it for episode one.
of the Wings yeah, yeah. With Blue Cheese podcast on the Buffalonian net, Network. Um, I just want to say, Joel, uh, you know, again, thank you for joining me for episode one and we'll having, be having you on as you oh, know, yeah. my co-host for the foreseeable future um, and every other episode. And Absolutely. we will have... We'll have uh, guests on in future episodes, and you know, once the NHL season starts coming uh, closer and closer, the the content uh, on this podcast will only be getting uh, better and better. Uh, I yeah. just want to say again, thank you for everyone you know listening to this first episode. Again, my name yeah. is Evan Harrington. To my right is uh, Joel Frazee, and uh, we will see you guys in episode two of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast. Thank you, guys. <laughs>